Hello and welcome to your Mindful Monthly Cycle, the podcast. I'm Rebecca, your host and creator of your Mindful Monthly Cycle online wellness programs. I'm here to guide and inspire you to embrace a more mindful menstrual cycle so you can benefit from improved health, wellness and vitality. With this will come a deeper connection to the wisdom of your own unique body and a more enriched way of life. I hope you enjoy this exciting journey of self-discovery. Hi everyone, welcome to this extra special episode where I will be chatting with the lovely Sam Haddadi, the wellness goddess. Sam is a shining light for women all over the world with her wellness coaching, regular newsletter and Instagram inspiration. I connected with Sam through Instagram after seeing Ali Irving, who is happy at Herbivore Kitchen, share one of her recipes for a vegan chocolate mousse. And I love that mousse. It then opened up a new door for me as I found out what Sam did behind the scenes. And I was actually looking for a coach to help me get back on track with exercise and some sort of routine for my health and wellness. And not only did Sam help me with that by delving into the monthly cycle of a woman and how our hormones are affecting us women in different ways in terms of energy levels and things, she also helped me with my PMS and taught me how to look at my period as a positive thing rather than a big inconvenience. Sam is a wonderful lady, so willing to help others And I'm so sure that you will get something from this podcast that will change your outlook on women's hormonal health. I also think men would benefit from this podcast as it's important to understand how changeable women can be throughout the month. And this may help both sides of a male-female relationship. Men that are in tune with women's hormonal changes and needs at various times of the month are likely to be more compassionate and understanding. So you can find all the links as usual in the episode description. And without further ado, I'm going to welcome Sam to the UHE podcast. So hi, Sam, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm okay, thank you. Thank you for such a lovely welcome and introduction. Um, You made me beam, so thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. It's the least you deserve. Thank you for being here. I'm blessed to have you. Thank you for inviting me me I've been really looking forward to our chat all week so um yeah thank you for having me oh you're welcome me too I have been excited to share some of your wisdom with the listeners (laughs) um yeah so talking about sharing I think first it might be interested to hear about your personal journey so what brought you to where you are in terms of prioritizing your wellness and is there a bit of a background there that's kind of led you onto this this path yeah, so there's quite a lot of layers to my journey in health. Um, so um, rather than taking up too long, um, I've for a long, long time I've had um, I've been really, really interested in nutrition and health and wellness and that kind of thing. And for a long time, I worked as a recipe creator for food brands, um, developing healthy recipes for them, and also as a journalist because I'm a trained journalist. Um, and I worked alongside nutritionists and and again health food brands and did a lot of work around that. And then um, I kind of I always said when my children were older, like at school age, that I would train to become a nutritionist. Um, because it was just something that I really, really enjoyed. I was really passionate about. And to be honest, I've got so many books on nutrition because I just enjoy, I just really enjoy reading about it. I'm a bit of a nutrition geek. Um, But then a lot of things happened and I had a lot of trauma. Um, I had a very... I had a very difficult marriage breakdown, for example, and there was a period in my life where, like I said, I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of things happen back to back. And even though I was eating really well, even though I was exercising, I was doing technically all the right things that you get told to do, my health kind of fell apart. Um, 
and I went back and forth to doctors. Um, they like they operated on me to remove cysts and things, but every time I just felt like I wasn't listened to. I kept saying, "Well, why is this happening?" And nobody could give me that answer. Um, and now I know, you know, it was it was to do with all that stress. It was a, a knock on effect, and stress massively affects female hormones, for example, and has that huge huge impact. Um, but nobody told me this. It was all kind of like you could go on the pill or you could go on the coil, which, you know, that actually gave me copper poisoning. Um, mm. but like there were all these different things, but not one what not one person told me how I could treat the underlying thing, you know, to treat the cause. Yeah. And so then I, rec- I realized that true health isn't just isn't just about what you're eating. It isn't just about whether you're exercising or moving. It's so much more all-encompassing than that, if you like. Um, and so then I started researching and reading, and then I just completely changed my path. Um, and that's what got me into health coaching because I really, really, really believe that it's it's about, you know, how happy are you in your relationships? Health is about are you fulfilled in your career? Do you enjoy your job? Um, it's about do you take time out for yourself? Do you how how high are your stress levels? All of these different things, all of these have an impact on our health. Um, and then ultimately, I specialised in hormonal health because I wanted to help other women as well. Um, I wanted to help women that have been through the similar things to me, you know, who have been through hard times and just aren't getting those answers or aren't getting the support that they deserve. Yeah, and there are so many women out there like yourself where they've been to and fro, to and fro, yeah. you know, going down the mainstream route of, of healthcare and they just seem to be going around in circles. They feel frustrated. They're putting a lot of time and energy into trying to find a fix. Yeah. Um, and I know that the things that you told me, you know, when we had our session, mm-hmm. it was some of those things were real eye openers. And I thought to myself, why have I been lied to why is the truth being <laughs> hidden but I guess it's it's to do with the fact that people don't know better they kind of just know what they're told on that yeah. sort of level and then they just think that's what we've been told that's how it is and that is just yeah. what you've got to deal with it's it's so you're right it's so deep-rooted I think because I grew up thinking that heavy periods or painful periods or PMS I grew up thinking that all of those things were normal and that's part of being a woman and that's often what I got told as well by the doctors and things and but it's not statistically it is because so many women go through it but it's not biologically normal it's a sign that things something isn't in balance and I think just seeing it like that can be empowering in itself because it's your body's way of saying something's out of balance you need to take a step back and just readjust something do you need to implement more self-care do you need to slow things down do you need to eat better it's just your body's way of flagging something and I think that's an amazing thing in itself because it just gives you an idea of where you are in your health yeah yeah and I know we spoke about as well that thought of dread which I know a lot of women can relate to so it's that thought of you know, you're checking your calendar, when's it coming, Mm. right? I know I'm going to be feeling like this at this time. I'm dreading it. And they put such a negative energy into that, which obviously feeds that. Um, So how do you think we can think differently about our periods and cycles to make it more of a, a positive thing that we can embrace rather than dread so the thing traditionally periods you know the time of menstruation it is a time where women would traditionally retreat reflect um hone into their intuition their wisdom your intuition is actually at its highest um during your period um so you take that step back you wouldn't be rushing about you wouldn't be busy you wouldn't be you know you'd actually be taking that time out for yourself and I think that's the really, really amazing thing that the thing that I learned that's made the biggest difference to me, because before I just kind of treated my period as just like you say, it's, it was annoyance. It was a hindrance. Um, I was the kind of person that liked being busy. I liked rushing around. I liked doing everything the same on my period. And I kind of almost wore that as a badge of honor, if you like. 
Um, I pushed myself really hard when I was exercising um, and I did all the regular activities that I would normally do. So I'd juggle work, I'd juggle childcare, exercise, everything. But actually, that was really damaging because when I stopped to actually listen into my body, my body needed silence, it needed calm, and it needed me to take that step back and just re-energize, just tune in, listen to what my body was telling me. And when I started doing that, it was it was like a gift and it just completely changed the way I saw my period because, you know, women's energy levels classically during their period, they are at their lowest. And by giving ourselves permission to use this and to honour this, if you like, honour our natural ebbs and flows, it can completely change your relationship with your period. So rather than thinking, oh, I've got to do everything the same, I've got to push this, just think, well, Maybe I'm going to listen into this. Maybe I do need to take a step back. Maybe I can do something for myself. And that's okay. That's my body. That's what my body needs right now. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's not always possible to take days off work. And, you know, we all have busy calendars. But just think, well, what can I take out of my calendar right now? What can I do for myself instead do I need a a hot bath do I need to sit in silence for a little bit do I just need to sit with you know a cup of tea and just uh, you know sit in the garden and listen to the birds sing whatever it is just think about what you can do for yourself and how you can take a step back and I promise it makes such a difference because now I I genuinely I look forward to getting my period I'm doing my period this week and I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's where I actually stop it's where I actually will just do things just for me and no longer feel guilty about it because I know it's what my body needs yeah that is amazing how it's 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 embracing that time isn't it it's really just making the most of how you feel and even though maybe we associate the feelings with something negative it's really nice how you can you can take the positives from that yeah. So, absolutely. yeah, I think that's amazing. The, you know, all our different stages of the cycle, we we are different energetically. We, we're different in personality as well. It's, it's a natural thing. It's not part of women being crazy or anything. You know, we crave that silence for a reason. Like I said, our intuition is at its highest during yeah, our period. Yeah. And we need that silence and that, you know, to be able to tune into that. Yeah. Um, and when we're not able to give ourselves that, it can it can make you feel irritable and snappy because it's a, it's a natural urge if you like yeah um, yeah so it is it's kind of it's it's retreating mentally isn't it as well so even if you yeah. can't retreat physically it's like an, an you know just like protecting your energy mentally absolutely that I think it's like like I said it, you, I get that you can't always take days off or you know clear your calendar completely but it's just thinking about what you can do are there any boundaries for example you can put in place is there anything you can say no to um so when I'm on my period I try I try not to put any social things in um I try to build it like that um and just give myself that time and space if I need it and like I said, it's a, it's a gift because when you see it as your time for yourself, I think it's a really, really special thing. And I think it's a really empowering thing as well. Yeah. And I know we were saying earlier about, before we started recording, about telling your partner as well. Because I said, I do think yeah. this is a really important message for yeah. partners. So um, I think men need to be aware of, of women's hormonal health in their yeah. male-female relationships, whether it's a sister, mother, friend, partner. Uh, and I know that you know, I, I'm able to do that with my boyfriend and he completely yeah. understands. So I will say, this is what I need right now. Uh, I haven't I haven't got that energy to, to give to you, you know, in whatever way. And mm. luckily he respects that and understands it and he doesn't take it personally. And I know that you agreed. So I think we are yeah. quite blessed there. We, I, we are, and I'm really grateful because I had what an amazing partner you have to do that. But I, I, I'm very lucky in that Amir, my partner, is the same as well. Um, and I'm passionate because, you know, I've got four boys and I'm really passionate about talking about my periods with them and normalising it for them so they understand, so that they know what it's like for women. And 
they know all of these things and they ask me questions and things. And I do think it's really important that we don't hide hide this from men, from boys. Um, and I, yeah, it can make all the difference. And, you know, it also helps men because they're not thinking, well, have I done something wrong or do they not? Is there, is there a reason they don't want to be around me? It's just because that's our natural urge, you know, it's not anything they've done necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think it's about being open and honest as a woman, yeah. isn't it? Because you can approach it with kindness and compassion. It is obviously difficult for a man to fully understand, you know, what we're yeah, feeling yeah. And, the, and the changes throughout the, the monthly cycle. But I think if we speak with kindness and compassion and understanding from their viewpoint as well, then Absolutely. yeah, we're more likely to be understood rather than sort of having a go at them and you don't understand and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, women weren't taught this, for example, in schools. I know my sex education and talk, like talks about your period, they were so basic. So if women aren't taught these things, then there's no chance that men will necessarily, you know, understand them unless we explain these things, unless we say, this is why I need that silence. This is why I need that time alone. Um, and just make them aware, like you said, with compassion, that it's not about them. It's not about something they've done. It's just what your own natural urge is. Yeah. And I really love that we can just have this conversation so we can talk openly about periods and hormones yeah. and the cycle because oh, I, definitely in my life it's been something that is taboo everywhere I've yeah. worked it's been very taboo it's something you hide away you shy away from um, not you know not that you want to shout it from the rooftops but at least just to be aware and be able to speak about yeah. it in terms of how you're feeling at certain times of the month and, yeah. it, and it's definitely something that I have yeah, definitely not felt ashamed of, but definitely hidden away from talking about it and things. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, so it has been taboo, hasn't it? But I think we're, we're, we're coming into an age now where we're, we're being more open and honest mm -hmm. about what was previously a taboo topic in terms of yeah. health and well-being. I, I I completely agree with you, and I found there's more of a shift towards the feminine energies at the moment, um, which I think is really important in this. Because if we're going to have that shift in feminine energy, then we need to recognise what women go through. And like you said, I I I grew up very similarly. I was embarrassed by my period when it started when I was younger. I mean, I was the first one of my friends to get my period. I wasn't very old. Um, and I was scared. I didn't know. I didn't want to tell anybody. It took me a long time to get up the courage to actually say, you know, I've got my period. What do I do? Um, and there are other cultures around the world, for example, that celebrate a girl's first period, that actually throw parties for them and, you know, do all of these things. And when I read that, I was like, wow, how different it could have been um, if, if, I, if I'd had this, if I, if we'd celebrated it, how, how might I have felt differently? And how, as well, in turn, may that have impacted on my um, periods when I was younger? Because I used to get really painful, really heavy periods when I was younger. Yeah. Would that have made a difference if I just accepted them and had more love and, you know, around them? Yeah, because this is going into mind-body connection as well, isn't yeah. it? So the stories that we tell ourselves manifest in the physical body Absolutely, and it's where yeah. where we're directing our energy so if we're directing our energy to you know I'm going to be in pain and then you're focusing on you're almost like anticipating the pain whereas yeah. if we take your advice and we say right let's get excited about this let's celebrate being a woman yeah. I'm going to retreat away I'm going to nurture myself and love myself you know it's really going to shift the energy isn't it yeah, absolutely. It's rather than um, pulling away from those natural urges, it's leaning into them and embracing them. Uh, and, you know, I think it's a really powerful thing. I think it's, is it Louise Hay's book? I think in her book, she says that menstrual problems are caused by um, rejecting your feminine ways, you know, having yeah. the fear of those feminine ways. And I find that really, really interesting. Um, and, and like I said, it's made me question whether the fact that I grew up like school education, for example, around periods was rubbish. <laughs> I just, I don't think we learned anything or, you know, if I'd grown up in a different way, perhaps, if I'd been given more wisdom, more knowledge, would, would my experience of periods have been different? 
Um, but but for me, it's, I think it's the same for many women. I had really heavy, painful periods when I was younger, and then I was put on the pill at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I went off the pill um, after I'd had my children that everything started to fall apart. And it was because I'd never addressed anything underlying. I never addressed any of those imbalances. And they all came raging back when I came off the pill. Um, and I just had to relearn everything. Um, and, and I think that's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's all it's all learning and evolving, isn't it? And and working through these things. And yeah. I in in my work, I often come across women that are going through menopause or they're post-menopause or they're on HRT and I think again it's it is a taboo topic I mean a lot of them they can you know they feel like they can open up to me as a therapist and as another woman they they will open up but I think it's something they struggle with outside their environment so you know in their work if they're having hot flashes and things and yeah, and and I know that a lot of them do struggle, and they struggle to understand it and 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 accept it as well. You know, accept yeah. that this is part of being a woman, um, and it's definitely giving me food for thought for when I approach that time in my life, um, mm. because I know that I will be looking at things very differently to the older generations because of people like you. So yeah, I wondered if you maybe had some tips and advice for different stages of menopause um maybe anything that you can advise so supplementary with, with menopause that per, or with, with perimenopause anyway the the one of the main things i see is that women who are going through perimenopause they traditionally have a lot of stress in their lives you know they're mm. at an age where and i know this isn't the same for everybody because we all go through through things at different ages but classically um they're at an age and i watch this with my mum for instance where they're looking after their elderly parents, where they're still trying to support their children, and while they've still got a job. So they're just juggling endless things. And very often they become forgotten, if you like, and their own self-care goes out the window because they're so busy rushing around looking after everyone else's needs. And the problem with this is, like I said, stress has a huge impact on our hormones. Um, But with menopause... um, so we have like lots of different hormones, um, but we're, what we want um, is a nice balance of estrogen, which we all know about, and progesterone, which is our kind of it's our hormone, if you like, that keeps estrogen in check. Mm-hmm. It's our nice calming hormone and should kick in towards the latter part of our cycle. But our progesterone levels taper off as we get older. And the problem with this is, is that when we approach perimenopause, is our estrogen levels can kind of, you know, kind of go a little bit crazy. Um, and that this is, you know, even worse because our stress levels can impact our progesterone levels as well. So when it, our natural progesterone is dropping off, but then if we're stressed as well, it just completely throws everything out of whack and just lets estrogen take over. Um, so, so that 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 explains why you get a roller coaster, if you like, um, during perimenopause, where one minute your estrogen levels might be a bit lower, but the next they might be sky high and everything like that. So the first thing I think with um, women who are going through perimenopause is you just give yourself that self care, give yourself permission to stop sometimes. Um, and I always say it's self-care isn't a luxury it is a necessity yeah. it's really really important thing and I know you feel me on this one as well 100 it, yeah it's something that you need to do every single day for yourself um it's really it's it's getting your stress levels in check whether that be through meditation and I recommend that everybody does that daily anyway um and your meditations are wonderful for that so you know I know that um the women that come to you have you know have the best support with that um it's not always pushing themselves hard you know it's it's just being kind to themselves and giving themselves that compassion and love so it's just taking that moment every single day and saying well what do I need to nourish myself with today what does my body need and sometimes that might be a bath but other times it might be you know picking up a picking up the phone and talking to a friend it might be having that time for silence and quiet it might be, you know, it might be buying yourself a bunch of flowers, whatever it is, just do something for yourself every single day and help to balance out those stress levels 
don't feel like you have to put everyone else's needs first because sometimes it's okay to be selfish. Um, and actually, when we're selfish sometimes, we have more energy. We have more to offer other people around us. Um, I mean, it makes us better parents. It makes us better partners, better, you know, just better generally. Um, so give yourself that permission and don't feel guilty about it. I think that's a really, really important thing. Yeah, and what I find is with women around that age, they almost feel uncomfortable with the self-compassion side of life. So I try and get them to reprogram their their default thinking process because they're so used to for decades. Because if you think a lot of the, you know, the older generations, they had children very young. They hadn't even found themselves, you know, and they started to have families. And and I get women coming to me where they are maybe just starting out on a spiritual journey and they're just starting to realize that there's another side of life and they don't have to be constantly giving everything away to other people. Um, And they can save, you know, some for themselves. But I know that some women struggle with that. They know it in theory, but they they find it very difficult to do that. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? It is. And like I said, I watched my mum go through it myself because my mum had me at quite a young age. And like I said, she was looking, she was caring for my nana and grandpa for a long time. She was trying to sort me and my brother out, you know, and she was still working. And it's just that juggling. It's like when you juggle that much, where where is that time for you? And like I said, that time for you is, isn't a luxury, it is a necessity. And it's so important um, that when wherever you can just try to reframe that so if you feel guilty think well how can I reframe it so so that I don't feel guilty can I say perhaps okay so this is time for me but it is going to make me a better partner or it's going to give me more energy at work for example it's going to make me more productive how can you reframe it for yourself if you like um and maybe take those baby steps as well so rather than um going all into self-care and overwhelming yourself and you know and it's okay what I've got five minutes today what can I do for myself in those five minutes and then slowly building it up um and 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 doing that instead because it is difficult um and it it, it's something that I had to heal myself as well because I was always so busy all the time and um for me personally that was a response to trauma I didn't want to stop and think Mm -hmm. or, or process things that had happened um so it's also considering that as well why you might constantly be busy is there a layer of trauma there or is there something you don't want to feel that you might be avoiding as well yeah and just being aware of those things as well um but it's such an important one for our hormones it's really really crucial both for women in perimenopause but and and for women that aren't there as well um it's a really really big thing to address and not always that easy to do either Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, uh, it's having boundaries. So knowing where your boundary is, because a lot of um, older women as well, I'm I'm saying older women, I'm probably talking maybe, I don't know, 45, 50 plus, because if I think of my generation, I'm 38. And it's Mm -hmm. less so with my generation. So it's probably one or two generations above me. Uh, I think they struggle to say no. They just yeah. don't seem to have any boundaries. It's like, I've got to be here at this time for this person and that is number one priority in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is definitely it's, down to the reprogramming. It's really difficult because I was talking about this with a friend the other day and um, I think women traditionally, when you're brought up, you're told, you know, to be nice, to be polite, to always smile, um, to, to not get angry, you know, to keep that, just be the nice girl, to be the good girl, if you like. And I think when you are brought up like that, um, and I know that that can impact the older generations, if you like, but it also had an impact on me as well. Um, I'm 35, so I'm a similar age to you. Um, It it, it can make those boundaries seem really difficult. Um, It can make them seem like a mountain, if you like, because you are told to put other people's needs first. You're told that to be a good girl, if you like, Mm -hmm. then you have to tend to everyone else's needs and not your own. You have to say yes um, when really you mean no. You have to smile and just grin and bear it, if you like. And so it can be unpicking 
a whole lifetime of things to get to to this end result of saying, why well, actually I'm going to say yes to self-care. I'm going to put myself first for a bit. Um, so it's unpicking a lot. And that's why it's not always that easy. It can be really difficult. And like I said, if it's for some people as well, it's even harder because that running around masks layers of trauma or it masks other things that they may be avoiding. Um, and, and it's just being aware of that as well. So it's really difficult to unpick, um, mm-hmm. especially if you've been doing it for your whole life. Yeah, yeah. Um, just off topic there. So I think, yeah, we with the menopause side, mm. um, some really, really sound advice there. And I know that if anybody wants to delve a bit deeper into that, then obviously they can approach you um, individually. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more that you can do. There's like the nutrition side of things and yeah. everything like that. So yeah, I'm more than happy to chat with people about that. Yeah. And I just wondered if, because I know in my session, you brought to light thinking about your cycle as this change in seasons. And it's really, it's really stuck with me. And (laughs) it's really made me feel uplifted about, (laughs) about my cycle. So in my head, I'm saying, right, I'm going into spring now. (laughs) So yeah, I wondered if you could maybe just share a little bit about, about that. Yeah. So, so for example, menstruation, or your period is very similar to winter if you like where you have that urge to to hide away to cozy up to warm yourself which actually in Chinese medicine for example um Chinese medicine absolutely fascinates me um but they they do say on your period keep warm keep cozy keep your belly warm and eat warming foods for example drink warm teas and avoid those raw foods avoid those cold drinks as well have those hot baths and things um so then you kind of you're moving into your when you once you finish your period or you know those early days you move into your follicular phase which is spring and that's kind of setting the ground for the rest of your cycle if you like um and this is the stage where you start to slowly feel more energy come through um it's it's not always instant um but it, it can do and then you you might feel like you're you know, you've got that energy to go back out into society again. You've got the energy to do things. Your follicular phase is also amazing because it might be where you're really good at thinking of new ideas, if you like. Um, it's it's a really good one for those new beginnings, like spring. Um, it's, it's also a really good one for creativity. I feel my most creative when I'm in my follicular phase. So if I've got any really creative projects and I try to put, it, put them around there, and then you move into your ovulation, um, and this is summer. It's where you feel your most sociable, you know, exactly like you do in the summer, you, you know, where you have those late nights and you stay out all night chatting. You're at your most expressive. So it's a really good one if you're, you've got public speaking, for example. Ovulation is a really, really good time to do that because you'll be your most expressive. You, it will just flow that much easier and you'll just feel really confident. I also noticed around ovulation, my skin absolutely glows. I look really healthy around ovulation and that's because you're of your estrogen levels um, and they give you that healthy glow. And if you think about it, it all makes sense because biologically speaking, your body wants you to go out and find a mate. So it wants you to look good. It wants you to be sociable and put you out into the world. Yeah. So ovulation is a really good one where you get, you're getting loads of things done because you have all of that energy. Thank you, Sam. Let's take a quick break and then you can tell us about the next and final phase, which is, of course, autumn. Globally, more and more women are choosing to heal and restore balance through menstrual cycle awareness and education. Mindful menstruation can help you to heal all areas of your life so you can journey back to your authentic whole self. This really is a magical and joyful journey. So are you ready to begin? I've created a unique online program to inspire positive change and empowerment around your menstrual cycle. All tried, tested, well thought out and adaptable to suit you. To find out more or join this holistic wellness program, 
visit yogawithrebecca.com or click the link in the episode description. Use code MINDFUL10 for £10 off. Welcome back, Sam. Um, Yeah, so we just want to kind of finish where we left off there. So we were talking about the different seasons and how they relate to the cycle of a woman. And you were just about to tell us about the final phase. So yeah, if you want to share that with us. Then we have the luteal phase, which is very much, it's very similar to autumn. Um, So the luteal phase is really split into two phases, if you like. So the the part that's closer to ovulation, you may still be be riding high on, you know, that nice energy. Uh, So you may still be feeling really good. And as you move into the second part of it, your energy might start to drop a little bit more as you move towards uh, more towards your period. Um, And yeah, so luteal, like I said, it's very much like the autumn. Um, It's a phase where um, you'll be good at ticking things off your to-do list. You may very well get an urge to nest. I've actually noticed this. I'm by no means a clean freak, but in my luteal phase, I really get that urge to just clean and nest and, you know, just get that things done. Um, and you might also um, be really, really good at doing admin work, for example, or bookkeeping, things like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's like I say, it's split into two phases. Um, the first part, you might feel more energy. Uh, the second part, you might feel the need to take it a little bit easier. Um, but just tuning in again and just listening to your body, being guided by your body um, and seeing how you feel within it. Um, it's also the phase where you might experience PMS as well, for example. So it's very much a case of tuning in, being aware of how you're feeling and and just listening to yourself. Yeah, I did have a little chuckle inside to myself then when you were saying about the nesting and that. <laughs> for, for me, it looks quite different because I'm like a frantic mad woman going around <laughs> clean. Try, I'm trying to look for dust. <laughs> oh gosh, you, you, you would, it would, my house would drive you crazy with like four boys and dog that sheds everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just really funny because I'm only like that once a month. So the house oh. is only really clean for a few days a month. Oh, Okay, I'm glad you. Yeah, that's like me. That's much more like me. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's how I. It makes me smile. I, I never clicked before, um, but I really notice it now. And now I understand about all the different phases. I really notice in that luteal phase towards the end part of it. I guess as I'm getting ready to retreat to rest, I have that urge to clean and tidy and get things, you know, ready so that everything feels more relaxing and you know, just so I can take that step back. Um, and it, it's just, it just makes me smile. I mean, it's very similar for me for when um, I was pregnant with my boys and at the, at the end you get that nesting urge and it's a very similar urge to that. Um, I just find it so interesting and so fascinating that we have all these natural urges um, and very much most of the time we're not even conscious of them, you know. we just It just happens um, and it's, it just makes me smile, it makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, it, do, it does with me as well, because when you become aware of it, you can almost become the observer of yourself, yeah. can't you, and just have a little laugh about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not so much think you're like cleaning like a mad woman, you're cleaning because, <laughs> you know, you've got that urge to, so you can relax and take it easy or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's just nature's way of helping you to take a step back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a- another thing that I have in this, phase well no it's probably a little bit after this so it's probably the second half of this phase is I get real cravings um sometimes I don't know what the cravings for sometimes I think I'm craving something whether it's food or whatever there's there's something that I need and it, it gives me a feeling of a little bit of agitation yeah um and sometimes I will turn to food so I will turn to things that are maybe I'll eat a little bit more than I normally do and I get a craving for either very sweet foods or really savory foods um yes. and I know that on your Instagram you share amazing vegan sweet treats which are just <laughs> they just make my mouth water whenever you post a picture and I've tried oh, some of your recipes you. which are just so nice um and I know that you put a, a healthier spin on those sweet treats don't you and is that just to kind of yeah, help people that get those kind of cravings but don't yeah, necessarily want it, to splurge. It on. Is. 
So I find it really interesting that you mentioned that actually, because in the luteal phase, it's really important that you keep your, well, it's important throughout your cycle, but it's especially important in the luteal phase to keep your blood sugars nice and balanced and nice and stable. Um, and actually when our blood sugars go a little bit haywire, a bit crazy, you know, that it, we can start to have those cravings or, you know, um, you can start to reach for the cookie jar, for example, at 11 o'clock. So it's really important um, during the luteal phase that you you eat those three meals a day, you know, you eat those healthy fats um, and proteins at each meal because that's what's keep you feeling fuller for longer. That's what helps us to keep your blood sugars nice and stable. Um, you limit processed sugars wherever you can um, and, you know, just reach for those more nutrient-dense foods. Um, but, yeah, I, I absolutely love – because I've got a sweet tooth. I wish I didn't have a sweet tooth, but I have a sweet tooth. Um, and – I've been passionate about nutrition for for a long, long, long time. It's a really big love of mine. Um, and it's really important to me that the the foods I eat, the even those sweet treats, they're more nutrient dense, you know, they may I understand what's going into them. They're not full of, you know, um, processed foods, they're not full of additives, for example. Uh, they're as natural and as healthy as possible. Um, don't get me wrong, they still contain sugar, for instance but they're healthier, they're, they're way better for me than, you know, going to the supermarket and buying a packet of biscuits, for instance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it's something I'm really passionate about and I just love it as well. Um, and also for my my children, you know, I don't, I want my children to be able to eat healthier desserts, for instance, and eat those foods I know are doing them good and helping them to thrive. Yeah, yeah. And just going back to the the craving side, mm -hmm. is from your personal point of view, is there anything that you crave? And do you think it is that craving for food? Or do you think it might be something else? It, so cravings is such an interesting subject, I think, and it's so different for all of us. It can be quite complex. Um, but for many people, you know, you can crave things for all kinds of different reasons. You can crave foods because you're tired, for instance. You might crave more sugar to get that instant hit of energy, for instance, if you've had poor sleep. Um, when we're stressed or overwhelmed or emotional, for example, you might also crave certain foods. And very often for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people, these foods might be foods that you ate in childhood, you know, so they bring you that comfort and that, that nostalgic feel, if you like, that um, to tap into that comfort. Um, some people can crave uh, certain foods if you're low on certain nutrients. For example, if you're craving chocolate, you may well be, um, you may well depleted in magnesium. Um, so there are all these different reasons behind our cravings. Um, and I very much always encourage people to try and take a step back if they're getting those cravings wherever they can. So just take that step back and think, well, what am I feeling? Why am I getting these cravings? Um, how could I replace them if, if, if needed? And I'm not saying cut out foods at all. I'd never say that because I don't think that's a healthy, a healthy way of approaching food at all. Um, but just taking that step back and thinking, do I really want these biscuits or do I need some love, for example? Do I need to talk to a friend or am I feeling stressed and do I need to run myself a bath? Um, it's just asking what maybe you need in that moment and maybe it's maybe that you do need that chocolate but maybe you need something else and you know um, just asking yourself that and seeing how best you can serve yourself and how best you can nourish yourself you know and that's not always food yeah yeah uh, I started making little notes on things to do with cravings um, which oh, is, I is love that. Yeah, it's reminded me to mention about tracking your cycle. So just mm. backtracking a little bit, going through the, the phases uh, and how we can track this. So we can find patterns, can't we, in our, in our yeah. own sort of, um, you know, thoughts and feelings and cravings and behaviours and, and all these things if we, if we track and, and journal and make mm. notes and things as, as we go along through the cycle. Um, and sometimes yeah. it does it does make more sense doesn't it so it makes you feel like it's it's normal and it's not anything yeah. unusual absolutely and I think the more in tune you are with your body as well I mean we're all different I mean while many of us will follow these cycles and these ebbs and flows and things we are still all different we're all bio-individual I like to say um so I think anything you can do that 
allows you to get completely in tune with your body and understand your own urges, understand your own cravings, how you're feeling, what you're experiencing, anything like that. It's an amazing thing. It's a really empowering thing as well, I think. So I love that you're doing that for yourself. Yeah, it really is. It really is empowering. And you can also get an app. Well, there's various different apps, isn't there, where you can Mm -hmm. put in... Um, the one I use, you just it will just monitor the, the cycle, so I know exactly when you know my periods due, and then I'll I'll put the date in um, that it finished. That one and then of the it, um, basal temperature ones. Yeah, well, you can you yeah. can use it to its if you're using it to you know using all of the different features. You you'd, yeah. you'd probably be on it all the time. You'd be spending a lot of time you know <laughs> on it. I mainly use it for the calendar, and then I might make a couple of little notes on there. Yeah, because um, it asks you how you're feeling today, and you can give like a a star rating and then a, a little comment. Um, so yeah, it's just a way of keeping, yeah, in tune with your body and what, what's coming. So I think that's something that's really, really helped me. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I mean, I think, like I said, anything that helps you to understand your own body and helps you to understand what's going on, it can only be a good thing because nobody knows your body quite like you do. You know, no doctor, no health coach, no nutritionist, nobody will ever know your body like as well as you do. So I really, really urge people to just get to know themselves as well as they can. And, you know, then you know when things aren't in balance. You know even better when things aren't quite right. You recognise those signs and you think okay or do I need to see somebody do I need to speak to somebody or is it this something that you know that I can bring back into balance myself um it's just recognizing those as well and just being in touch with your own urges and understanding what it is you need in that moment yeah and that that's what I really like about the kind of sessions that you do because you're making it very individual it's not just right this is the information I'm giving you so take it away and everything will be good it's very personalized to the individual yeah. well, I don't believe I really I genuinely don't believe that we all respond to the same approach I mean it's, it's the reason why no, there's no one diet that suits all of us you know um what works for me might not work for somebody else and, that, and that's okay we are all different we've got different genetics we've got different bodies different circumstances we have different lives um, different energy everything about us is different so I think it is important that we approach things like this on an individual basis and you know look at different things explore what thoughts what beliefs what traumas can lie underneath things look at um, somebody's nutrition and and explore that and um, there are natural energy levels just all of these different things they all they all combine, you know, to, to form us. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's really important to look at things on an individual level, I think. Yeah. And I think the more you do get in tune and intuitive about your yourself, your, you know, <laughs> on a personal level, you definitely do feel more empowered and more confident and you, you feel shifts in your energy and the way that you hold yeah. yourself and you, you you kind of feel you start to feel special don't you because you think you there do, ain't yeah. no one like me <laughs> I know I love that I love that you, ne- you completely nailed it that's how I feel as well um and it's not saying like I'm more special than anybody else or anything like that at all it's just that you're uniquely you you know there is only ever going to be one you and that's a really really beautiful thing and like I said nobody else knows you quite like you do Um, So just remember that. Remember that you know you the best. You know how you feel best. You know what your normal is. You know what your very best is, for instance. Just remember that. And just like you said, just remember that you're special. Remember that you are loved, that you are special, and that nobody else is ever going to, you know, compete with you or replace you. There's only one you. Oh, I love that. I've just put both of my hands on my heart and I'm just smiling. It's so nice. <laughs> you you started it. It was a beautiful <laughs> message, and you're so right. It's um, and it's something that the the more I learn, the more I explore. I, it's something that I really start to feel, and then everything else I find always just kind of slots into place. You know, when you remember those things, then the body confidence comes. For example, the everything else comes. The the confidence when you walk into a room or when you do public speaking, all of that falls into place because you're like. Well, yeah, there's only one me, and I'm special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it's moving away from that. Uh, you know, the way that we're always 
comparing ourselves to others yeah. or striving to look a certain way or be a certain way or you know sometimes growing up we we often we well I don't know about you but I did this all the way through school you kind of looking and saying oh why can't I be a bit more like yeah. that or yeah. I massively had that when I was younger I mean I'm naturally very curvy I've got an hourglass figure and when I was younger, I, you know, it was fashionable to have a, a bum like Kylie Minogue, you know, and I was desperate for that, but it just wasn't realistic for my body type. And I really, really struggled. I mean, I had a lot of friends who were very tall and very slim and they would swap clothes and I could never swap clothes with them. And it, it did really affect me. It did really impact me. I remember like with one boyfriend and I was absolutely in love with him. He was the first person I ever fell in love with. And he was like, you've got a really big bum actually, haven't you? <laughs> and I just, you know, I it, at that age, it's really hard. But now I'm like, yeah, I have got a big bum and I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, I, I'm really proud of that now. Um, I'm really, really proud of that. But it, it's taken a long time. And it's taken a lot of work and a lot of understanding. Um, and it's not, it isn't always that easy. But when you feel it, when you realise, again, like we say, there's only one you, it's it's an amazing thing to feel. Yeah. And once you're at that place and you've let go of all that comparing and you know yeah. that you are uniquely you, yeah, there's, there's nothing else like it. There's no other feeling like it. I think it's just, yeah, it's. It, I think it's really, really important. And I think more people not just women should be striving for that to get yeah. to that place absolutely and don't, and don't get me wrong I'm by no means perfect with it there are days sometimes when I like that confidence is a little bit lower um and I'll, I'll you know I'll start to wobble a bit but just to be in this place you know I, I came from a background of disordered eating when I was younger so just to be in this place where I feel so proud of my body and celebrate it is just a huge thing for me um and if I could you know, if I could ever gift women with one thing, it would be to be proud of their bodies, no matter what, to be proud of themselves, to know what they're good at and to be able to shout it from the rooftops because we all have natural gifts. We all have those skills. We all have, you know, amazing things about us. And I just wish all women could see those things about themselves that could celebrate those things about themselves and be proud and, you know, be confident in it. Um, and I just, yeah, that's what I really wish I could do for all women. <laughs> yeah. I, I find you just so genuine and real that there's, there's just that, that thing about you is just what really makes me yeah, I just feel blessed to have connected with you and obviously through... <laughs> I feel that about you as well. I just, honestly, I'm such I'm such a girl's girl. I love women. I just find women so endlessly inspiring. I just, I love being around women. I feel, I think they're so uplifting and there's just something so powerful about being around women that, you know, we all, like I said, we all have different skills and, you know, when they, they, they come together, when we bring those together... And they, we bring them with that feminine energy that we have. It's such a powerful thing and it's such an uplifting thing. So inspiring. Yeah, um, really And I is. just, I think it's amazing. And like I said, I'm so pleased to have connected with you for the same reason. Yeah, I, I just feel inspired every, every time we speak. I just feel, yeah, I definitely <laughs> get uplifted. It's, it's completely mutual. I, I, I love that. and But that's what I love about what I do. That's why I love coaching and why I'm really passionate about it because I get to see those women and I get to see them be vulnerable but then I also get to see them when they know that you know they know they're badass they know they're amazing yes. women yes yeah, so um, I guess I guess you're getting to see them flourish aren't you when they yeah. when they join your because you do like an extended um coaching yeah. program don't oh, yeah you? I also offer three months uh, coaching programs um so yeah and that's really really special thing to be able to work with women over that period of time and so I do like hour sessions with them but then in between each of those sessions I check in with them or I'll message them kind of like they're my you know they're like my they're not like my friends they are my friends because I care about all these women a lot mm -hmm. um and you know after coaching finishes I always stay in touch with them because you know you you, you get so deep and close to these people um, but yeah, it's such an amazing thing when somebody messages you and says, I did, I did this for myself. I did it. And it's just, wow. Like just being able to see someone, you know, fulfill their purpose or recognize their purpose and, you know, know what it is they want to do. That's such, yeah, 
I feel, I feel really blessed and really grateful that I get to watch that and to, to be a part of it and watch women flourish and grow. Yeah, I can imagine you get a real buzz out of that because you're like me, you're an empath where you if somebody's low and their feet, you know, feeling it and they're in a bit of a bad place, you just, mm. you feel everything for them, but you also want to grab hold of them and pick them up yeah. and give them a big hug. Oh, it's really hard actually. I feel, because I don't know if, if um, you're the same, but I, I know when somebody's about to cry because I start to feel their tears and I can mm. feel it behind my eyes. And so I, like I said, I always know if somebody's about to cry and I'm like, Sam, you cannot show that you've got these tears in your eyes. You know, this is about someone else. It's not, you can't do it. Yeah. And I, I find that really, really difficult. I have to pull that right in. Um, for instance, if I like, as an empath, I never understood why when I walked past a funeral procession, I just would stand there and I just start sobbing. And it was because I could feel everybody else's tears and pain Mm -hmm. and that's a really difficult thing but then on the flip side like you said when someone really flourishes and when they find their you know they find their groove and find how good they can feel um I feel all that too and that's an amazing thing that's such an amazing thing to experience (laughs) yeah it really is so can you tell us how people can book a session with you yeah absolutely so I offer consultations before sessions because I think it's really important that people feel fully comfortable with me um, because coaching it can be a very vulnerable experience and I I really do think uh, you know you need to feel comfortable and like your coach trust your coach so I offer consultations first, like I said. Um, people can get in touch um, on my Instagram, which is at Samantha Hadadi, or they can email me, sam at thewellnessgoddess.co.uk. Um, so either way is good. Um, and, you, you know, if there's if something that you'd like to talk about, whether that be about your cycle, about nutrition, about, you know, more life coaching, for instance, instead, then, then we can chat and explore if we can work together, how I can help or if I can help as well. Because if not, I, you know, there's plenty of people I know that I can refer to as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will make sure those links are clear in the description. So Thank anyone, you, that's, anyone that's listening, just have a little scroll up to the description and you'll see the links in there. And definitely go and give Sam a follow on Instagram. Just scroll through and have a look at all of those delicious looking recipes and just look at the ingredients in them. Um, oh, they're just so amazing. Um, another thank thing you. I just wanted to mention was your new newsletter so firstly thank you for putting this out there because I think I've received two now um yeah and it's it's amazing even just receiving the newsletter is is uplifting um so that's another thing that you know we we can offer the listeners if they wanted to well I think it's sorry I didn't mean to interrupt then um it's I, you know, I, I always describe myself as a writer, like that's what I was first trained in. And so I love, I love writing. So I really, really enjoy writing the newsletters. Um, and I'm very much of the belief, you know, that health should be accessible to all, you know, it shouldn't be something that just people can just, you know, only access if they can afford it. So um, it's kind of, I want to be able to give that energy and that love and that warmth as well and also it's good for you know like you said but if you want that hit of inspiration if you want something uplifting in your inbox um sometimes it's nice to just have that isn't it um I always do exclusive recipes for my newsletter so every every um newsletter there's an exclusive recipe that you wouldn't get elsewhere um but yeah it's just I love writing about what you know whatever it is I'm feeling passionate about um in that in in that in in that day or that time um so yeah it's something I really love to do so thank you yeah yeah it is it's it's really well written and it all I think when you're on a mailing list like that and you're getting something that's of real value so when you're reading it you're getting value from it it's really good but also it makes you feel part of a community and um, mm. so I know that other women are receiving this and it's going to uplift them as well and it does make you feel that that sense of connection to others well, that's what I want to do next that's my, next on my to-do list I want to have like group coaching um that again that's affordable that's accessible to more people um so that's next on my to-do list uh so to create again to create that community so people can feel like they're in it together because we are you know as women we are all in this together 
Um, so yeah, that's next on my to-do list. But for now, um, I'm, I'm glad the newsletter is able to do that. Yes. Yeah. That sounds really exciting as well. And I, I think that's the best kind of therapy, just getting a, a group of women together to just yeah. talk it all out, just know that they're not alone and they're there for each other and they can uplift Healing each circles. other. Yeah. It's just the best therapy. It is. It is because none of us are alone in this journey together, but sometimes things can feel, especially in the last year and a half, for example, it can feel really isolating and you can feel like you're in it on your own. And that, you know, I'm I'm very much of the belief that when you're feeling low, when you're feeling isolated, it makes things 10 times harder. You know, you're, you're more likely to get more sick. You're more likely, you know, our thoughts and our feelings can shape what's going on inside our bodies. So that community spirit is so important, recognising that you're not alone and that so many other people are going through what you're going through as well. I think it's a really important thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Sam, for making us feel empowered um, when it comes to our menstrual cycle and also just, yeah, inspiring, uplifting, helping others, giving us this time. I know this is your free time. You know, it's, it's something that you're giving. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll connect again very soon on whatever level that may be. Thank you for having me on here. Thank you for your time too. And like I said, I, just, I feel honoured to be on here. So thank you so much. It's always, always, always a joy to talk to you. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this growing community. If you enjoyed this episode and found it useful, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a five-star review and share the episode on your chosen social media platforms. You can find all relevant links in the episode description and I look forward to connecting with you again soon, either online or in person.